crisis over crisis as we ride through a global pandemic. Here we are getting into another level of crisis. The whole world is going through financial, political, social and climate crisis. Now, how this can have an impact on us? How it can impact our emotions which drives our behaviors? We need all of our emotions for thinking, problem solving, focus attention and for many more. We are neurobiologically wired and learn everything and our mind must be focused and our emotions need to feel in balance. Have you ever reflected on what feeling your success relies on or what feeling we all need to be felt to become successful amid this crisis? Hi, this is Azim Said, a human capital specialist. I want to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people to live a meaningful life and pursue your passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 6. I give a late look back at the lives and businesses of today's most important element with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you all know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. So, sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. Erotic or hectic modern lives, many of us focus so heavily on work and family commitments that we never seem to have time for pure fun. Somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we stop playing. When we carve out some leisure time, we are more likely to zone out in front of the TV or computer then engage in fun. Rejuvenating play like we did as children. But play is not just essential for kids anymore. It can be important source of relaxation, stimulation for adults as well. Now my question here is, how can play heal or can play heal people? A very warm welcome to season six, a brand new season. We're starting off with this particular episode of EI Kevin with Azim. I am your host, Azim Sahid, a human capital specialist, a Lego C display facilitator, ICF certified coach, emotional intelligence, and emotional culture practitioner. Here we are again for another interesting topic, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. 
in today's episode yes i've been speaking a lot about play in my whole episodes but this episode's quite different why the question is how can play heal people to have this lovely conversation i have one of my favorite person all the free from us on this particular topic let me introduce her she's an inspirational speaker who has delivered more than 325 speeches and presentation on dementia and caregiving since 2014 offering a wealth of information encouragement and humor to her audience she is an author of being my mom's mom a refreshment for caregivers spirit and colors flowing from my mind she and her mom have been featured in articles in wall street journal psychology today the washington post new york times AIARP caregiver stories as well as PBS special in 2019 she was elected as trailblazer of the year by Johns Hopkins Medicine in 2020 she was appointed to the US against alzheimer's center for brain brain health equity advisor board ladies and gentlemen let me welcome loretta vini hello azim thank you so much for having me i am thrilled to be here <laughs> So thank you very much um for giving this particular um time um yes and it's it's an important topic right um I, i know it's very close to your heart um, yes. and i'm 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 getting into it as well as i as we discuss the pre-record i will will discuss more so first again yes. once again once again thank you very much for spending your valuable time in early in the morning in a busy schedule <laughs> Oh, I am just, you know, thrilled to be here. This really is an important topic and I uh, just love that my mom and I were able to engage, you know, with the Lego bricks, you know, mm-hmm. during her whole journey. So, yeah, you know, for yeah. us it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you you had the introduction, right? Maybe we we lose our childhood, right? I always <laughs> go to this creative innovation workshops and say what we have lost do you know what we have lost we have lost the fun element in our life because we are stress commitment responsibility but in the time that we get we sit in front of the tv or right gaming a computer having a like so but the whole idea is um fun is not any more for kids lego is no more for kids it's for yes. the human being so uh yes. my first question i want to throw out to you is um you know how did you and your mom love for lego brick start yeah that is the old started from yeah it's such a great story you know i i my mom was always about learning so she you know she liked you know toys you know got us toys but she also wanted us to learn from it so um i was born in 1959 so you know right around lego time and so my first set she got was just you know back then they only had a few colors so when i was 5 you know she got me in our first set and um on a single mom income i don't think she could have ever afforded you know the huge sets like they have today and and she didn't want to get us the sets that had the instructions she wanted us to use our imaginations and i think that was really important she taught us that we could be whatever we wanted in life and you know we could build whatever we wanted and not just stuck um with me my sister was 9 years older so i didn't you know i don't remember playing with her that much but my mom and i were always with the lego bricks and i just never let it go and early on 
I realized that as we were building, we were also talking. And some of the, my mom was very unloretta-like. She's very quiet and all that, very unlike me. So, <laughs> so what I noticed about her though was even like difficult conversations that we could have while building. And it seemed to, you know, help her find the right words or the words just kind of flowed more easily kind of thing. So, you know, got into the preteen and teenagers, we kept doing it. So if some boy didn't like me or, you know, she was having a tough day at work, you know, we would talk about that while we were building these things and it just stuck. I used Lego bricks. Any of my former employees <laughs> or my students would tell you, uh, I took the Lego thing to the extreme. So I was uh, uh, in the security industry for mm. almost 40 years. And so I used the Lego bricks, the police cars, the command centers, the helicopters. I used it for emergency evacuation plans. So we did tabletop exercises. And people would say, woo, Lego. <laughs> so, so they would have a good, because people, you know, people hate drills. Mm. Mm. You know, everybody mm. hates it. Oh, Lord, it's fire drill day. And so people would stay home or something, but they were like, oh, well, maybe Loretta will bring the Lego bricks. And then I teach um, security management to graduate students. Mm -hmm. And I would, I had done final exams where they mm -hmm. had to build what they learned during the semester. Wow. And, uh, and you know, when I would announce it, that that was the exam, people would sit there for a minute. I'm like, well, clock is ticking. And like, oh, she's serious. So, <laughs> so they, and one, I, I'll never forget one, one gentleman wrote on his evaluation, you know, it was the best exam he had ever had because after you built it, you had to give the presentation in front of the class. And I graded mm -hmm. it, of course. And, you know, they cheered for each other. It was amazing. And so it's always been a part of my life. So when dementia showed up, you're like, oh, didn't see that coming. So you, um, you just you know, plan what to do next. And so the first thing that popped into my mind was just the natural Lego because we had done it, you know, my mm -hmm. whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think what most people remember was, you know, the social media posts where um, I put up the thing about, um, you know, her initial response to it. We got in the car after we got mm -hmm. the diagnosis and I'm sure you had some of these feelings, you know, yesterday. And uh, I asked her, you know, how she was feeling and she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and she didn't really want to talk at all. So, you know, I have Legos in the car. So I get the, <laughs> while I, at, a, at a stoplight, I, I get the Legos out and I had this little lap table kind of thing in my car. And, you know, she clicked some of the bricks together and I said, no, you know, what are you, you know, thinking? And she just said, I think that years from now, I'm going to feel like I've lost my head. And she popped the head off the, um, the Lego person. And it's one of the most profound things I think you could have done. So I ended up putting that up with the Lego person with, with no head. And it was, you know, it's an amazing analogy when you really think about it, not yeah. being able to remember people or mm. things or mm. and, and all of that. And so um, it, it just stuck in my mind. And so I was determined that we would continue to use the Lego bricks and talk through some of these difficult things. So that yeah. was the, the start and sort of the evolution Mm -hmm. of it and I had been watching Lego series play for a long time mm -hmm. even prior to 2010 when it finally went open source and so uh, when she was uh, and, and it was a little pricey for me at the time so I just kept looking at it thinking about it and then when she was diagnosed in 2014 I'm like okay 
it's time. And so I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about six, uh, six hours from where I live in Maryland. And Robert Rasmussen, you know, one mm-hmm. of the founders of Lego Series yeah. Play, he was my facilitator. So I had the best time ever. And um, it was probably one of the best investments, you know, I ever made. And, so, and then, of course, as we all know now, mm-hmm. um, I did it primarily to help my mom, but ended up now focusing on lots of other people too fantastic fantastic amazing i think it's it's, it's true inspiration like how really you find out and and that's the whole innovation part is it right uh, you you just accidentally get into it and you've been using it and suddenly you realize okay there's something is happening here yes so, and and in you know that in our workshops we always see like the faces of the people ah right okay the yes. moment comes in so it's really amazing that how this toys the, the bricks make so difference of people's life right so Lorda, I, I really wanted to touch base like you did touch the communication part the engagement part yes. with your mom now yes how did you use the bricks to improve communication with your mom to engage on this so, you know, it, it just started slowly. And like I said, I just remembered some of the teenage years when, you know, she, you know, didn't want to, you know, talk about a lot of things. So, but the, the, it just seemed, the conversation just seemed to flow whenever we were building. So I just tried to capitalize on that in, in 2014. And so when she first started to lose her words, and you know that, you know that thing, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, and, you know, mm, she would get mm. so frustrated when she couldn't find the words. So I would just, you know, put a, you know, push a few bricks over and then she would build it. Then she would, you know, be able to get the words and the words started to come or it, mm. that pot in the kitchen. Oh, that's what you were trying to say. So, and then she would smile that mm. she had found the words. So I think it did two things. Mm. Uh, for her, I think it lessened her anxiety about losing the word, but it also helped her, you know, gave her confidence to sort of mm. keep going. It was just me and her. There was no need mm. to be embarrassed. It wasn't like she was giving a speech out in public and forgot the words or something. Yeah. So I, I think it had multiple layers of mm-hmm. results. And I don't think I've ever said it in quite that way before, but that's really how it unfolded and she was such a good um, builder and she was very proud of it this is the first house that she built and you know as you know lego makes the doors and windows and even in when she turned 90 she could still open the doors and you know and when her dexterity i guess because we had done it you know pretty much my whole life Mm. she never she had some duplo bricks i had the six bricks for her as well and this Mm. was actually her set and so but she never lost the dexterity to work with the regular size Legos. Mm. And so I kept this house. She made this in, in 2014 and she loved to open the door. And it was interesting as she, you know, fell deeper into it. I had a little gray haired person inside and she would open the door and look, she was like, I'm still in there. And, you know, she was always worried about being home. Yeah. And this was home. And she would always reach out for it if she was nervous or, um, mm. you know, she just was feeling, mm. Mm. You, know, some, you know, some kind of way, as the kids say. So I, I think as time went on, whenever she saw the Lego bricks, people always come and look at her focus because she was like, yeah. and, you know, I, I think when you tell people, she just lights up when, mm. you know, when the Lego bricks are on, people are like, yeah, right. So one of the best stories was mm. when the New York Times photographer came to take pictures to go with the story that they were doing. 
um, when the guy arrived, we were doing some other activity, puzzle or something. She wasn't really into it. I mean, she did other activities, but Lego was her all-time favorite. So she never acknowledged the man when he came in and he had this humongous camera and it was right in her face. And, you know, it was looking at me like, I thought you said she was alert. So you can see he was a little aggravated. <laughs> like I had made the whole story up. So finally he's had enough. So he says, uh, well, let me just see the Lego bricks. Okay. So I get the Tupperware container out and mm. I take the top mm. off and I pour them on the table. And it, it really was, as you said, that light bulb moment. She looks down, it's her favorite thing. And then she sees this man in the room with us for the first time that he's been there an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> so and she says, oh, hello. <laughs> like he just walked in. And he says, oh, wow. I thought you made that up because, you know, he had, he was interviewing me, but mm. she just sat there, just that, that blank stare just drove me crazy. Mm. And I, my goal was to see that mm. blank stare, you know, it never was the mm. goal, <laughs> but yeah. So we, we, you know, so, so it was funny watching his reaction to it. And he was like, wow. And then from that moment on, you know, she was just staying at the bricks and stacking them up. And it was interesting watching how it evolved over time. First, she mm. was very, you know, she was able to build different mm. things. If you said build a house, she would. So when I work with folks who are in the, you know, early stage, I can give some specific Lego serious mm. play type instructions and they can do that and tell the story. But as time goes on, then obviously they're less able to do that. So I just put the bricks out there and let them do what they want. And, and, and then we can kind of discuss, I'll say, oh, that's really pretty. And sometimes you get some just amazing answers, mm -hmm. especially when you're told that people are nonverbal. And then all of a sudden they'll say something and everybody just kind of yeah. goes, wow. So, yeah, and it was uncovering that, I think, that, mm -hmm. you know, was just so joyful. Fantastic. Uh, just just quick one I want to ask, like when you say dementia, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You, you tend to lose the present memory or yes. do you recall the past? Does she recall the past? She, re she recalled the, the past. Yeah, you lose your short-term memory. So they're kind of going backwards. So when my mom forgot who I was in 2014, at that time, she still remembered her best friend, Mrs. Adams. They had been best friends since kindergarten. Okay. And people were like, oh, that's got to be horrible. She still remembers Miss Adams and she doesn't remember you. Well, I mean, it wasn't a personal thing. It's kind of how it plays out. Mm. She had also known Miss Adams mm. a lot longer than she had known me. And that's just kind of how it was. They remembered each other until they were 90-ish. And okay. even though they had I think by then forgotten each other's names. They held hands and they would smile at each other and nod. It was, it was hysterical to watch. And, you know, it just, the, the words from that perspective, you know, were gone. So one of the most interesting things to your point about what they built, I was doing a uh, Lego serious play session with the care receiver and the care provider. So the person that had dementia and their daughter or spouse or whomever. And I was having them build home. Perfect. So they're going at, I had Duplos for the person, you know, with dementia and then the regular size bricks for the care provider. Well, so this woman was building this house with her mom and she said, oh no, mom, there wasn't a door right there. Well, 
in the house the mother was building, she was, you know, building the house she grew up in in 1939. Mm. The daughter was building the house she grew up in. So two different things. She no, had no recollection of the house the daughter was referring to. She only remembered the house she was born in. And the daughter was shocked that mm. her mm. mother had gone all the way back there. To, that was the home that she remembered. So um, you mean to say when, when such people, when they use it, they recall the past, do they yes. connect to the present? So they can connect to the present in, from my experience so far, uh, being able to tell the story. And I say that because, um, you know, I think as you're looking at it in yeah. your hand, it's something to really focus on. So what my mother would do, you know, her eyes would always follow the thing and she could tell you the colors yeah. that were in it. And then as she progressed, she couldn't really say if this was a house anymore, she was gone. But what happens, I think, in terms of them being able to address the present, if the care partner is telling the story, this is the house I grew up in, and, you know, I had a big window in my room, and I would look outside, and and then, you know, if they say, mom, did I forget anything? And the mom said, oh, well, and my bedroom was on this side, or, you know, we used to um, fight over using the hairdryer in the bathroom, or something like that. So sometimes when the story is being told about the model that they built, memories come up that you would never expect it. So I'll give you an example. I went to a, um, a memory care facility and the family uh, was going to build together. So the person with dementia and whoever came from their family. So in one case, there was a woman who was 93. I was told she didn't talk much at all. Um, and then her only living relative was her niece, who was probably around my age, and the niece's husband. And 15 years prior, they had gone on a cruise together. So that day, night, they were building favorite vacations. We did three rounds. One of them was building your favorite vacation. So right away, they get the Duplos, and they're building this cruise ship. And it really did look like a cruise ship. It was really cool. So they're building this thing while they are building the cruise ship. The aunt says, and I had so much fun line dancing. And the niece bursts into tears. She says, auntie, you remember the cruise ship? She was like, of course. And she talked about the midnight buffet. And they were like, what? And mm. so the, the, and then people from the sunrise, they come over and they go, oh, she's talking. And, but what was so funny was the, you know, the niece kept saying, you remember that? You remember that? She was like, of course I remember that. And she says, well, you never talk about it. And the aunt said, you never asked me. Mm. So she remembers so much about it, seeing the boat, because they even yeah. had like the deck where you could mm -hmm. exercise. And like apparently they went walking around the ship in the morning. Who knew? And so I'm taking all these pictures of everybody hugging and everything. And so, yeah, I think sometimes it's very emotional um, what they remember. People cry. Um, we've had all kinds of reactions. Two of there were four or five men there, which was great. And both of the men, um, the, they, one of the things we built was, you know, where's a place that brought you the most joy. And two of the men built the um, base where they were stationed in the military. military. That was so cool. And they were so proud. And, you know, the little green flag that came in, they put, put their flag up, you know, to, it was, it was cool. And so again, you're talking about things in the 1950s and things that um, they remember that is their present. So what I have always tried to do, even if they, because they could say, 
the base and where it was. They, in some cases, they could tell you a little bit about like what their job was doing it, but not so much names of other people or anything like that. But mm -hmm. they, you know, they certainly mm -hmm. could tell the story. And then, you know, when it gets to the later stages, how I, you know, sort of go at it is I just put out a plate and all these colors and I just encourage them to make some art, just put up however you want to do it. And I, I think this, my favorite story about that, which was stunning, was they were building and the, all these people were, I would say, very much in the late stage. And one woman who held a brightly colored outfit um, for first, she put all the things, all the color pieces together. She separated them. <laughs> then she started building. And I watched her pretty much the whole time. So she's done. She built a couple things. And one of them, she turned upside down, which I'd never seen anybody do. So I say, oh, that's amazing. It's upside down. Mm. Mm. He looks at me. She says, well, of course, it's upside down. It's just like my brain. Well. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I mean, I just sat there for a minute. I took a couple pictures of it and her, and then there's a picture of her later, you know, she's sitting there, she's focused. And, and so I find out, I asked, people came running, oh, look at her. And turns out she had taught for 30 some years at the University of Maryland uh, physics. So she clearly understood that something was upside down in mm -hmm. her brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow. that's probably one of the most, you know, uh, incredible stories. She built other stuff um, that was right side up, if that's what you want to call it. But as I say in my, you know, introduction, Lego Series Play, there are no right or wrong answers. It's Correct. just your answer. Correct. So it's, it's a story. So it's your just, story. Yeah. Yes. So we just all cheered for her story and her upside down thing. And she was so proud of it. And, you know, I loved it because they put the art up, you know, going down this hallway mm. and everybody could see it. It was very cool. And, you know, who's to say that, you know, it wasn't a valuable hour. It most certainly was. They couldn't tell you. Every time I would go, they would say, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Like, yeah, you were here last month, but you don't have to. I never reminded them of that. Oh, I was here before. I just meet you where you are. And I think that's one of the pieces of advice I'd give to you is, you know, just remember as you now are on this journey, you know, just remember all the things that happen. It is the disease. It's not, you know, it's mm. not the person. It's not the person mm. that you knew and loved. So there's no benefit in saying, well, I was here last month. Don't you remember? Mm. You know, that's mm. about, we have mm. to set aside our ego, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's some, you know, as you know, about emotional intelligence, you know, yes. the empathy and all the kind. I fired her first doctor because he has zero empathy. And uh, yeah, that wasn't going to work for me. So you know, you have to be, you know, empathetic in the sense that you understand what they're going through. I love that thing called the, um, the dementia virtual tour. Mm. It's where you can mm. put on the glasses mm. and the yeah. gloves and things, and you get a sense of it. And I mean, if, if you don't have empathy before you do that, then yeah. there's something wrong with um, you. Because it's, I, I remember crying for, for an hour after I did that, like, wow, is this what her day is like every day? And so it does give you that. But what I chose to focus on, people kept saying, oh, you know, well, she doesn't remember anything. I was like, okay, but she's still in there. So mm -hmm. that's my that's my focus on everything. Fantastic. Fantastic. Is that awesome. Even when they say, you know, well, she's in hospice and, you know, she's dying. And I would always say, well, yeah, she's dying, but she isn't going to die today. 
And yeah. while she's still here, we're going to have joy. That's how the whole thing played yes. out. And so every day when I drove away from the facility, she lived, you know, about five minutes from me down the street. And um, my purpose, you know, driving away was to say, okay, we had joy today. And that's all you can do at that point. And I would laugh about some of the things that we had done or talked about or the colors that she chose that day, because mm. every day really is different. Mm. And I think you get a sense from what they build or mm. don't build. Mm. That is amazing. And the last picture I took of my mom was when she was awake, was probably six hours or so before she, you know, lapsed into the coma and died. Um, and she had, you know, taken the, the bricks apart. And so she didn't have enough energy left to snap them together, yeah. but she was pushing them around on her bedspread. Mm. And so somebody had commented on LinkedIn. She was a Lego lover to the end. She sure was. Mm. And that was so comforting for me. I mean, of course, you're devastated, you know, when she dies. But at the same time, I was like, you know, that Lego thing, it really did last until the end. That was her joy. And mm -hmm. so I was a thrilled I was there. Well, I knew I would be there when she died. That was my goal. But um, to have her that alert, you know, at the, was was fabulous for me, because it meant I had succeeded mm. in my goal of bringing joy to everything and she knew that i was also doing with other people before she went i had already started giving presentations and mm. things really it was one of her life lessons mm. i gave her eulogy and you know mm. i talked mm. about mm. the life lessons yeah. we learned from her and one of them was when you find something that works you don't keep it to yourself. You share, share it with it. other people. Absolutely. And, and that's really why we're having this conversation because, you know, more people need to know. Now, does Lego work for everybody? Maybe not, but you find your own connection. And when you find it, you go with it. Because we didn't, you know, we did other things. People on LinkedIn would send me uh, stuff. Hey, try this with your mama. And I would try the activity and send the report back. It was funny. And we just had a blast doing it. And so other people might find things mm -hmm. that are more effective for them and their family. Lego was just a thing for us. Although when she died, all of the uh, condolences and things we received from around the world, some people who I had never even really seen on LinkedIn was commenting about, oh, I went to the store, I got some Lego bricks and I was doing what you were doing and thank you for saving my, now my grandma and I can have a, mm -hmm. you know, we can talk. I was like, oh my God. So, that's so the inspiration, knew? isn't it? That's the inspiration. Yeah. Who knew absolutely. that was happening? So it was, that was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. I think there are a lot of things to be picked up. Like it's, yes. My, what, what, what I'm saying is it's just, just not a plastic brick. It's more than a plastic brick, I think. It sure is. It's, it's, I think people are now really exploring. I, I did went through a couple of articles. I've been reading a lot of research before the podcast. Um, yeah. Kids with ASD. Yes. Kids with uh, tantrum, right? Um, yes. There are a lot of things. And Lego therapy. Isn't that amazing? Sorry, it, it really is. And my friends have sort of coined that phrase too you know we're all so busy and, and they're like okay we need to come over for some lego therapy we all <laughs> sit around with all the lego bricks and we talk about what it is especially during covid i mean it was crazy 
And so, can we quickly you know, touch that, on logotherapy? Can we quickly, um, I know we are, we are just writing short of time. Yes. Can you quickly tell what exactly logotherapy happens? What, how does it work? We can really quickly, you know, our listeners. Yeah, benefit. just just for my friend, it's just sitting around and talking, putting the colors together, finding out what pieces fit where. And so pretty soon, you know, you came over and you were upset about something that happened at work or online or whatever happened. And <clears throat> the more you, you know, put the pieces together, oh, look at that. And then you look at these two little pieces. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can put it over here. I can put it over there. And you're discovering all these things. So whatever you were upset about when you showed up, you know, goes right out the window. So mm -hmm. I know some people use a very specific Lego therapy for kids with autism and all that. You know, there's a couple of big groups around here in the States that do that. Mm. We just coined it that way for my friends to, you know, come and, you know, play with me. So it just became sort of the inside joke. Let's come over for some Lego therapy. And I have a zillion Lego bricks here. So people know they can just show up and we'll do things. But I think there's healing in the way they fit together, the different strategies. So like at work, and I think one of the reasons why it works for organizations too, is you can give people an opportunity to see things differently. Oh, it looks different when you put it over here. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Um, I'm going to do a session in a week or so for a, a, a group it's called Linked Senior, and they're going to, they're just now coming back to the office. And so I'm calling it relinking, you know, you know, coming back, they're doing it in person. Mm -hmm. And he's having a contest for who comes up with the best idea of increasing their growth. And so we're going to build that, build your biggest idea for expanding the growth of this program. And so, you know, it has all kinds of scenarios that, that you can play. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, my last question for you is, <laughs> is like, I know you told the story, right? The whole element of your mom, the connectivity. Yes. And why did you start offering a Lego series play to other caregivers and those <laughs> with dementia? What, what would be, if you can be a quickly short one, that would be a fantastic Yeah, I, I think... I was doing just caregivers initially in 2021. I made it, you know, the year the caregiver because caregivers were so overwhelmed during mm. COVID because the adult day programs were closed and mm. that kind of thing. Mm. So that was kind of how that focus started. Mm. And that it accidentally came up with including the, mm. you know, the care receiver. We had a gentleman sitting with his wife. It was supposed to be for family caregivers. She had and asked the neighbor to sort of watch him right. and uh, he was pretty disruptive I guess watch him while she attended this caregiver event but the, the neighbor got COVID so instead of canceling we told her to bring him and if she, he got disrupted turn your camera off simple as that and so she said oh okay and while we were building he reaches he hated all activities I guess from what I was told all of a sudden he reaches over and grabs some Lego bricks start putting them together and the whole mm. screen is going crazy everybody's cheering everything that's how that came about. Like, wow, well, let's build together. I thought it would be too much of people with dementia to accomplish that on a screen. But yeah. what I noticed is the same focus as my mom. The guy, if you look at the picture of him, he's staying at the screen the whole time, never took his eyes off the thing. It was amazing to watch. Right. Oh, and, you know, it has a little heart and she was holding up the heart. And so that's how that evolved of mm. including the people with I, I did separate things in adult day programs mm. for mm. just the people with dementia but not the two of them building together Fantastic. and so that's been a awesome. greater success than i could have awesome. ever imagined wow what, what what in a conversation i think there are a lot of information out there for people who are yes. listening this episode 
So Laura, before I let you go, any guess what I do this, before I let them go, I ask them some key takeaway for the listeners. Yes. Practically involved, what are the few things they can do? Those who are now, I'm also getting into the category of that particular, you yes. know, uh, a child. Um, what are the things people can really work around um, to heal people with this particular yeah. plastic? One or two tips from your end will be fantastic to wrap up the session. I'd say just experiment. I think the, the key word here is just, you know, experiment and find your place and realizing that every day is different and mm. don't give up when things don't go well. I mean, were there days that she didn't build a lot? She mostly just stared at the mm. pieces or she might move it around and she didn't do a lot of building. It doesn't mean they don't like it anymore. Just stay with it. Mm. You know, when you find something that you know they love, every day really is going to be different. So just, you know, don't give out and don't be afraid to experiment. Um, you know, I'm so thrilled with all the colors that Lego now has. And so when she got into the later stages, I built a lot of things that would spin around mm. because she liked watching the colors spin. Mm. And so, you know, you have to keep evolving the activity mm. as well mm. as these mm. stages change, because, you know, sometimes we learn what works today may not work tomorrow, but just stay with it. And just the, some of the negative things that happen, don't take it personally and Absolutely. just keep playing as you like to say. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Thank you very much. So that, that's the, what we have, the time we have, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my key takeaway is just keep playing. Yes. It's not only for kids. It's, it's for human being to make sure that we are be so happy and enjoy our life. That's, that's why the whole context. And, and I think I hope our listeners got plenty of takeaway from this particular conversation. Of course, you can get connected to Loretta through her LinkedIn. She's very active and she's putting a lot of colorful stuff out there. So get hold <laughs> of it. And if you want to explore more what Loretta does, please log on to www.loretaveni.com. Yeah. It's L-O-R-E-T-T-A-V-E-N-E-Y.com. Um, you can get this link on the podcast note as well. So Loretta, once again, it has been inspiring story. Um, you Thank have you. been, uh, you really pushed me out there. Um, I hope our listeners got inspired as well. So and I thank think, you for having me, Azim, and keep up the great work you're doing as thank well. You I very appreciate much. it. Thank you very much All for right. your time, and uh, looking forward to see your wonderful stuff um, on LinkedIn as well. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, EI Cafe with Azim. We are sure to hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me. If you haven't subscribed to the show, don't forget to subscribe to the show, which is available in all major podcast platforms, so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Please do rate, review, and leave a comment and share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day please do follow me on social media m azim sahir and do write to us what topic and from whom do you want to hear we will try to get them for you till i meet you on another episode checking out of the cafe my name is azim sahir <laughs>